Well, the Lord is working. He's working in our nation. Amen. And the will of the devil is defeated. The will of God is going to be established completely in our nation. And, and I want to, to read this to you. Not I'm, I'm going to teach, but so that you can lift up Thanksgiving. You remember I've shared with you what I had on Tuesday, 31st January 2023, and what I, I, I saw, perceived with my spiritual eyes. And uh, again, I've told you this, I speak, I deal with spirits. I don't deal with men. For we walk, though we walk according to the flesh, we do not wage according to flesh and blood. For, so, no, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to flesh and blood. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds of the enemy. So when you focus on men, though men are used to carry spirits, Look at this. The Holy Spirit does not float in the air. He dwells in us, born-again believers. The Spirit of God dwells in us, dwell in us. Now, demonic forces also, they need a house. And therefore, they, deal, they dwell in a men. So men on earth, they're either being used by God or being used by the devil when they don't perceive the will of God and do the will of God first, the entry is through salvation. If one does not perceive that, then they'll be used by the devil to carry out the will of the devil. And I, and I told you the other time, and, and, and you have to come up high again in your thinking. That's why I go to the word of God. Everything I tell you, I'll still go back to the word of God. Not what I think, but because of, of what I perceive the, 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 the will of God in prayer and in, in conversing with him. I chose to live a prayerful life and not do anything because I'm smart. <laughs> like Dr. Jerusalem said, I'm, 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 I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. You know, to figure out things. So I'd rather, I'd rather pursue what the law says and, and, and not what men say because men can be in error. You remember when uh, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, Samuel is about to, has been sent by God to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is the father of David. Now we know he's the father of King David. And when he got there, he saw Eliam, the firstborn, well-built man. And he thought, that's the man. Behold, the Lord's anointed is before him. He says, no. I don't, that, that's verse 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 7. He says, I do not look at men, they, I do not look the way men looks. For men looks, uh, for, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature. That redeems me. <laughs> Come on, that's my redemption right there. Right there. Do, do, not, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That redeems me. Amen. That, that's why all of, some of us who are tiny are in the kingdom. <laughs> we made it, praise God, because of the salvation that the Lord has, has brought. Now, now look at this then. So, 
Samuel, if you, you know this, if you look at the scriptures, uh, the Bible talks about the first king of Israel, Saul was a big guy. Was tall, was big. He stood up. He looked big. So it's, that's what he has seen of the first king. So most likely thought like, okay, I see another one also, big guy. He said, no, that is not the man. And they waited and waited until someone who looked just like me showed up and his name was King David. <laughs> Years ago, again, I was, I was meditating. I never, ever, after this, I've heard people say this, very few, though. I never had any man say it in this manner. Because I think it's because growing up, when you see about Solomon, I mean, uh, not Solomon, uh, it's the big guy. Samson. Do you see the, have you seen the drawings? Artists, you know, artists don't read, many of them don't read the Bible. They just imagine their things. They just don't read the Bible. If you read the Bible, you become, active, you become uh, accurate in your drawing. So how do they draw, uh, uh, they draw Samson? Big guy. But that's not true. I can show you from the scripture. Do you remember even those women like Delilah was talking to, they could not figure out the source of his strength. All right? So if they saw him with big muscles and he was a big guy, they realized this is where he's coming from. But they could not figure out the source of his strength until he gave them the secret. You see that? So most likely he was just my size. Looked just like me until the anointing came upon him. All right. You say, Pastor, are you redeeming yourself? No, I've been redeemed. It's all those stories who are written for my redemption. <laughs> now then, so I'm not talking about flesh and blood even when I say this. Again, believers must walk by faith, must perceive the will of God, must understand what the Lord is doing in their generation. And if you don't pursue, pursue the word of God and the spirit, you will not understand what the Lord is doing in your generation. And I believe you are hungry, that's why you're here. All right? Now, listen to this. On that 1st of January, we are in a staff prayer meeting in our Oceland's office. Now, let's see. I saw a tide, a tide that is trying to come into this nation to cause unnecessary uncertainty. Have we experienced that? Now, that was that 1st of January that is trying to come to this nation that it may cause unnecessary uncertainty, a lack of peace, which is actually confusion, which is the work of the devil. Did you see that? Have you seen that? All right, now listen. This. Now that was that first of January. For this is happening in other nations. Do you know that is what is being happening in other nations? You've seen several nations. You've seen France, Germany. I mean, just... Strikes, chaos, on and on and on. South African, on and on. For this is happening in other nations. The upheaval, the tide that is flowing into other nations, the spirit of the enemy to cause confusion and instability in governments. But there are governments that I have established like your government. Now, that is not being political right. That's upon you to perceive the will of God. There are governments that I've established like your government. I've established, he says your father, I'm the one who set it in motion. And therefore, it is established. 
Now, I'm not going to say something which is popular. It doesn't matter what a person thinks. is what I perceived, and we saw it unfolding. And it says this, And therefore it is established, this tide will not affect your nation, because I have my people in this nation that are praying for my purposes and for my will. Therefore, this shall not affect the stability of your nation. That's what we need to be believing God for. You know, the, the Bible says in first, would you put that first Timothy 1.18, please, from the King James Version? Uh, I, I memorized it, it years ago from the King James Version, the old King James Version. I can have it there before I continue. The instability, the confusion. Look at this. Again, one morning I'm reading the, the scriptures and, and, the Lord, and the Lord brings this to my attention. I think that was 1997 or 1996. 1997, should have been 1997. I thought, wow, Lord. And this is what he says. Listen to this. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee. That you or thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Let me explain to you, those of you who don't know the thee, thou, thither. Let me read it in a, in a, in a, in a common language now, English. This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you. That you, Timothy, by the prophecies which went before on you, you might war a good warfare. So what did the, word, the, the Lord give to us? He gave us the word a prophecy that you may do what? War a good warfare. Or the version says, wage a good warfare. So this is happening in other nations that we evil. The tide that is flowing into nations, the spirit of the enemy who's, who's causing confusion and instability in governments. But there are governments that have established, like your government, have established, says your father, I'm the one who set it in motion, and therefore it is established. This tide will not affect your nation because I have my people in this nation that are praying for my purposes and my will. Therefore, this shall not affect the stability of your nation. So you ought to lift up prayers and supplications, prayers for this government, praying for the president and praying for all those in authority, even as I've said in my word. And there shall be stability in your nation. Yes, there shall be peace in your nation. So all that you are seeing, the rising up, all that you are seeing, the rising up, will fizzle out. Will fizzle out. As suddenly as it has come, that is the way it shall go. Oh, I agree with the word. As suddenly as it has come, so shall it go, or so shall it disappear. And people shall not even think bigger, anything big about it because the enemy is defeated. Then I saw an angel right at the coast in Mombasa, the ocean. He was standing a foot on the land and the other on the, on the ocean. And the ocean, I, at the ocean, I could see waves coming towards him, but when he turned and looked at them, they ceased and no longer had any power. I could tell there were evil spirits trying to come into this nation, but only one angel stopped them. And in my thoughts, I asked, Lord, why only one angel? And I, why only at the cost? And I had inside of me, I do not have to send them in any other place. Just one is able to do the work and is at the right place. 
where evil spirits are trying to enter in and, and bring this kind of upheaval. What, does, what, what is that? It's coming through the gate. Remember what I showed you about the, 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 the continent of Africa? West, east, south, north. Did you notice you didn't come through the window? Huh? Some of you even don't know you came through the door. Did you notice you didn't come through the window in this meeting? You came through the door. So the enemy will find you look for a door to come in. And it's a gateway. In fact, I've had, uh, I had the, the uh, someone sent me, uh, Andrew Fuller, of a, a clip uh, concerning, uh, a video clip concerning the U.S. Uh, ambassador talking about Kenya. All the positive things about Kenya. Listen to this. Other nations are seeing opportunities in Kenya. While Kenyans are walking around with empty sufurias. Don't be one of them. Oh, are there, are there issues in our nation? Oh, yeah. This is not the kingdom of God. Our nation is not the kingdom of heaven. Come on now. Oh, you didn't know that. Our nation is not the kingdom of heaven. Our nation is, uh, is in, the, in the world system. And there's a one who's called the God of this world with a small G, the devil, wanting to destroy the nations of the world. But listen to this. Instead of then of thinking about, listen, you can go into the negative and negative and negative and you will not perceive anything positive. Or you can get to the word and you, are active, you activate your faith until when people are seeing giants, you are seeing opportunities. When people are running away from Goliath, a giant, you are running towards the giant. Now, that's the Bible. Now, that's what faith does. Faith. Faith enables you to see opportunities that God has given to his people or to us. That's what faith does. It enables you to see opportunities that God has given to you. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. While fear of the enemy does not show you any opportunities except gloom, dark, terrible disaster. So there are people in other nations, they are seeing what is available in our nation. We as believers, we ought to rise up. That's why I, I told you, uh, we read about King Asa. He, was, he prayed in those years, there was peace in the land. And what happened? He built and prospered. Now let me say something here. In Romans 5.1, I'm, I'm, I'm heading, I'm going somewhere. You in faith? Yes. Romans 5.1. Let's, let's look at that Romans 5.1. <clears throat> Let your fingers do the walking, brother. Okay, Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been what? Justified by faith, which comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You won't know you are justified until you go to the word of God and find justification. 
You won't know that you are, you are saved until someone preaches the gospel to you and then faith comes and faith comes, faith comes through the word of God. And then that's not all. You need to understand now the word of God that has brought forth salvation. You see that? So the, the justification is by faith. And what happens? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say something here. The first thing as a believer in your daily walk should be peace of mind and heart. That is an ingredient of prosperity. One of the major ingredients of prosperity. Why that is being obedient to the Lord. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplications, let me, let, let's go there in, in, instead of me quoting. I can quote it, but let's go there together. Check Texas, search in Texas. Okay, look, look at this. No, no, no. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, please. I may have to go to my. Philippians 4, 6. Look at this. Be anxious for... What is nothing in your village? Nothing. Is that so? Yeah? Nothing. Otire. Fio, fio. But look at this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. How many things? Everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be, known, be, be made known to God. And what follows next is, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guide what? Your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So the first thing, that one of the major ingredients in your prosperity is that peace of mind and heart. You will build that way. There's no storm in here. You guard your heart with all diligence so that all the time there is that peace, not anxiety. Do situations come to tamper with that peace? Oh, yeah. But what do you do? You go back to the word of God. In fact, he gives us such a key there, but, but in everything by prayer and supplication. In every, everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your mind and your heart through Christ Jesus. Now think about this. King Asa, in his time, we saw about uh, Solomon, which his name, his name is peace or peaceful. And, and we saw in his, in his time those buildings. Why? He had no walls, those peace. No wonder he says this, pursue peace with all men. With all men. There are some who don't like peace. But listen to this. You have to take your peace by faith. There are men who don't like peace. But you have to pursue what? Peace by faith. You have to take by f peace by faith. Why? Faith in the blood. Faith in the name. Faith in the word of God. You have to take your, your, your peace by faith. The men, I mean, many men, men, many, and I'm talking men, I'm not talking about gender, but they, we don't want peace. 
But what do you do? You live, that, you live in that peace. You take that peace by faith on a daily basis. That is an ingredient or a major component, if I, if I can use that word, I don't know if that's right, a major component of what? Building and prospering. In his peace, in the peace in here, you will know peace. You will know peace right inside of you. And, and that, that, that is wonderful. So listen this then. Um, then I saw an angel right at the coast, and of course I said, I already say that. And then he says, and I had inside of me, I do not have to send them in any other place, just as one is able to do the work, and these are the right place where evil spirits are trying to enter uh, and bring in this kind of upheaval. So listen to the Lord and listen to the spirit of the living God. This will go nowhere, but pray for your president and pray for his government for the building of this nation, says the spirit of God, for the building of this nation. Take your peace by faith and pray for the peace of this nation. Amen? All right, now. So I shared with you so that you can lift up thanksgiving. We can lift up thanksgiving right now. Can you just thank the Lord for this nation? Uh, there are businesses last two weeks and on and on that have been closed down, properties destroyed. But, we, but there's peace. Hey, we are seeing it in the spirit. That's, what we, that's where we see it first. Or before, before we lift up Thanksgiving. Let me show you something here from the scriptures. That's where we see, we see it first. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus sees the fig tree. The fig tree was there. He went close, perhaps he could get what? A fig. But there was no fig. What did he speak? He spoke the end results. That's exactly what prophecy does. Speaks the end results or result. We know the end of the devil. We've read the end of the book. In the book of Revelation, we see what way it is all, it's all going to end. But look at what he said in verse 14. What did Jesus say? In response, he said to this, to that fig tree, I'll go, go back to verse 13. I want you to see something there. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, and it's known about the fig tree, what it does. When it has leaves, it's supposed to be having fruit. So that's what it's supposed to, to do. But this one, so to speak, you understand? Let me explain, say something. This one was hypocritical. Had leaves, but had no fruit. Hmm? Have you ever been hypocritical? I'm just wondering. Okay. I don't, you, you, you don't want me to get personal. And seeing from afar, afar, a, a, a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he'd find something on it. When he came to eat, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the seasons for figs. I would think of, thank God I wasn't, but I would think of if I was that fig tree. And I'm seeing God coming towards me wanting a fruit. What I'm going to do before he gets there, there is the fruit. <laughs> Seriously. God is coming to you to ask for fruit and he's hungry and you look at him and say, you aren't getting any fruit from me. Ooh, that's a disaster. 
And that's what follows. So you see, faith speaks the end results. What did he say? Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples had it. What did he speak? I mean, it, it didn't matter even if that tree was going to be uh, with leaves there for the rest of its life. Even if it was going to stay for 10,000 years, it was never going, no man was ever going to get any fruit, even no man. You see, that, that, that's powerful. I mean, that, that <laughs> does not exempt anyone. Let no man, uh, no one eat fruit from you ever again. That was going to be that way. Why? The master spoke. So what does faith speak? The end results. Or the end result of a thing. What are we saying here? And your government shall know peace. You shall know peace in your nation. What is that? That's the end result. Hey, when this world was coming, was there peace? I mean, oh, but then it looked like things are okay. But there were times that weeks or um, over a month later, the upheaval started rising up. But the world had already gone forth. So what, you, what do you wait on? Or what, what do you have, what are you going to put your faith on in? You're going to trust the word of God. You go, you're going to depend on the word of God. You're going to say what God said, what the spirit of the Lord has said. Even if you feel, you feel like everything is contrary to what you heard the, the Lord speak to you, you are still going to put your faith in God's word. All right? So then, my point is this now. So I want us to thank the Lord for peace in our nation. We do it by faith. All right, you ready? Just lift up your voice to him and thank him. Let me hear your voice to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the peace of our nation. The peace of our nation. We take peace. We receive peace. We have peace in our nation. Oh, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you, sir. Glory to your name. Thank you. Just lift up thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you for the peace in our nation. The peace of our nation. The peace of our nation. We praise you, Father. We lift up thanksgiving. We lift up praise. You've helped us right here by the Holy Spirit praying for this nation. And therefore, we thank you for peace. We thank you for tranquility. We thank you for peace and rest in our nation to build and prosper. To build and prosper. We lift up thanksgiving. We lift up praise. We lift up glory to you, Father. We say glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to the name of the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now you need to be saying that. You need to be thanking God for peace. Amen? If it happened like you hear someone like say they own, there is never going to be peace, you say, no, there's going to be peace in this nation. If you hear someone say, and if you, if you watch news, and you hear someone, they are not going to be peace, say, no, they are going to be peace. 
And then who has the control of the remote? You do. Clip. You don't have to hear everything that they say. All right, let's see. Do you receive something about that, about the nation? That's really critical, and I want to really to be lifting up Thanksgiving. Let me see for a few minutes. Uh, I know there's no way I'm going to finish, but uh, Passover beginning tomorrow night, and uh, this year's Passover, and of course, Good Friday. Is this coming? Good, good Friday, is this coming Friday? <laughs> And then we have Saturday, and then we have the Resurrection Sunday, uh, commonly known by people with no revelation Easter. But it's a Resurrection Sunday. So I want to speak some few minutes. Um, I, may, I may teach to the end, and, but let's see if we can go to some place. But I had an impression, and I want to speak to you, and, and believe God that you'll have some revelation concerning the blood so that you can, we can have faith in the blood. How does faith come? By hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You hear about the blood, faith cometh. Faith in his blood. And I really, I, I was telling Deacon Norman earlier on, and some few ones, I think, Martin, I said, oh, good Lord, again this year, think out, out, out. This is no excuse. I could have done it in the beginning of the year. But out, 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 busy, must have it, back, must have it, on and on. I missed out an opportunity to have Good Friday service. I desire to have that. And most likely next year, begin with Palm Sunday, teach some things about there. We have to be taught about the redemption. And then come on a Wednesday like this, have another service, teach about, continue teaching maybe of the blood, and then on Good Friday, we have Good Friday service and we have Holy Communion together. And then Sunday, we'll have celebration. But I'm in faith for Christmas. To his glory. Serious. To make it big. To have a, a Christmas carols. Big and it will be wonderful. I'm looking forward to that and I'm going to use my faith, believing God to help us to, to, do, to have. We have, listen this. We have to make a big deal of what the Lord has done for us. Amen? And observing in the natural. We are spiritual beings or spirit beings, but we live in a flesh and blood in this body. So we have to. Observing what the Lord has done for us. So let's go to some scriptures here about the blood. From Genesis. And I want you to know about the blood, we see blood covenants. We see it from the book of Genesis. It goes all the way to the book of Revelation. So there has to be a revelation concerning the blood. For your protection, for your provision, there is no redemption without the blood. No redemption without the blood. Now then. Remember the fall of man? You do? If you respond, it's fine. And you in church, you don't keep quiet. You respond. Can you imagine me talking to you and you're just looking at me? <laughs> but the, the, the fall of man, and, and look at this, so in verse 9, then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Where are you? 
The old King James Version say, where art thou? Adam, where art thou? Where are you? Listen to this. This did not, mean, did not mean God didn't know where he was. Anyone who can do hide and seek with God is all-knowing, all-seeing, and all that. But I believe you're saying this. Adam, where are you in the place that I've given to you? Where are you in your position in me? And Adam, Adam, Adam said, and, and it's, it's amazing, verse 10 says, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. How can anyone try to hide from God? David says, even if I made my bed in hell, you are there. There's nothing that you don't see about me. And he said, who told you you are naked? You think God didn't know? Have you ever wondered that God is all-knowing yet he'll ask you questions? I had Bishop Jack say this years ago, if God asks you a question, uh, like uh, an example, how did he put it? Uh, do you know what I'm going to do? Be humble, say I don't know you until you tell me, Lord. If you say you know, you know what God knows? Unless he reveals that to you, say, Lord, I don't know. You let me know what you're going to do. If you tell me, I will. I will know. Amen. But look at this. He said, who told you that you are, you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you, sh I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman, the woman, this is where the problem began. The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And you know, in the book of Proverbs it says, he who finds what? A wife. Now from there on, God says, you have to find. No blame, girl. No, just kidding. But the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, it's a serpent. But, but look at this going down here. And then, look at verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all things. And verse 21, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord, the Lord himself, God made tunics of skin and clothed them. There's the blood right there. There's the blood right there. What does that mean? An innocent animal. There's just the redemption right there, by the way. An innocent animal was killed. The blood was shed to cover the guilt. Don't forget that. That's a redemption right there. That's foreshadowing. An innocent animal. Had, he didn't say any animal ate the fruit. It was Adam. Adam who ate the fruit. And therefore an innocent animal actually died the skin covered them, clothes. You know, that's, that's, that's the beginning of leather jackets. <laughs> that's where leather jackets began. You, you understand? It didn't begin in, in central province. <laughs> Years ago, um, oh, wealth, I don't know if nowadays I think it's wealthy uh, Tatars from uh, 
central province. Tata, you know what Tata is? Okay, mostly aunties from central province. Mostly they wore leather jackets. And they walked this way. You should know they have some money if they wore leather. So it didn't begin, it began right there. That's the beginning of leather jackets. Just in a light note. But listen to this. And, and, it's, and God made tunics of skin and clothed them. An innocent animal died. The blood was shed to cover the guilt. That's what happened. That's the redemption story. Now, let's go to some scriptures in here. In, in, uh, in chapter 9 of Genesis, This is after Noah, after the, the flood. And then God spoke to Noah and blessing him again, fruitful, verse 1, and multiply. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth and every bird of the air and over the move on the earth and the fish of the sea, they are given into your hand. That's how you should do, that's how you should not fear lions. You shouldn't be looking for them, you understand, that will be stupidity. But, but then, uh, if it happens to be there, just hold your peace. And believe God for that fear of you to come mightily upon that lion, and all what it is going to do is just run away, all like it was in the time of Daniel. And we find that in the scriptures. Or David. What did David do? Kill the lion. And, and, then, and every moving thing that lives on the earth. But look at verse 4. But you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is its blood. What does, does that mean? That the life I'm talking about, you shall not eat the flesh in its life. The life I'm talking about is the blood. Is the blood. Then, I, I see, you seen that? Look, look at this verse, verse 5. Surely for your blood I will demand a reckoning from the hand of every beast. I require it. And from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Life of a man is precious. The shedding of blood. Anyway, I don't care how many times they will rise up and they say abortion is right. It's not right. Because the Bible says it's not. The elites will come and go. But the word of God remains the same. Abortion is not right. That is a life of a human being. Known by God himself. And his, his, his life or its life cut short. In fact, I won't say it. It's say his or her life cut short. All right? So, it's, so mark those words. But you shall not eat flesh in its life. That is what? That is its blood. The life is, he says, that life is its blood. Now, let's go to Leviticus 17, 11. And then we'll come to the, some scriptures here. In Leviticus 17, <clears throat> verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Hmm? 
The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it what? I've given it, it is what? Blood. I've given it blood to you upon the altar to make atonement to your souls. For it is the blood that at makes atonement for the soul. So God put it that way. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Without blood, there's no life. So life is in the blood. Now let me say something here quickly. One time years ago, I was teaching during Christmas of the virgin birth. And I started talking about the blood. And I went on, and I went on, and I taught. You know, that's Christmas message, and I'm teaching about the blood. And uh, people are just looking at me. And then the following Christmas, uh, Tina asked me, so what is your message this time? I said, it's a Christmas message. Are you taking us back there in the, about the virgin birth? In other words, it was too cock. <laughs> it was too cock for people to listen to during Christmas. But listen to this about the virgin birth. It's known even biologically, they know that. And I have a nurse over here. She can I have nurses over here. Um, come on. Uh, do, is, it, is it true that even being taught that the blood of a fetus does not mix the blood of the mother? It is? Is that way? Yeah, now, now look at this. That was to protect the virgin birth of Jesus. I'll say something there. Because his blood did not come from Joseph. His blood did not come from Mary, the mother. It's not, Mary is not deity. Mary was a saint like you and I. Amen? So there's no way you can pray to Mary. Let me help our dear ones. Uh, now, now, now think about this. So the virgin, the virgin bath was to protect. Can you see what I'm saying? The virgin bath was to protect actually the blood of the Son of God. He had the blood just like the blood of Adam before he sinned. And I'll say something there. And that scripture which you've just read, it says that, it says, uh, I have given the blood to, to the, to the, upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. Now look at this then. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So God protected, actually the virgin birth, it began, God already spoke it in the, in the book of Genesis, was to protect what? Yours and my redemption. Sometimes people have wondered, why virgin birth? It was for you as a redemption. The blood of Jesus Christ did not mingle with the blood of Adam. What is the blood of Adam? The blood of Adam is you, the, the blood that you and I were born, in, born with. It's the blood of sin. From your Adam to the place that you are in is the blood of sin. We were born by nature sinners. But look at this. He wasn't. And I'll say something. You have to go meditate on this and study and go to the scriptures. Therefore, I'll be right to say this. The spirit of a man, his spiritual position, 
is in, in direct relation with the blood. Let me see if I can explain. Is in relation with his blood. What does that mean? Every one of us in the book of Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, it says we were dead in sins. We were born sinners. Why is that so? We, have, we came with the blood of Adam. We are born of our parents with the blood of Adam. The Bible says, Jesus himself says in John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Spirit meaning the Holy Spirit. Now, we are born with the blood of Adam, which carried what? Sin. So sin became our DNA. In that condition of blood of Adam, we were born spiritually dead. Okay? Let me turn this other side of the coin. Jesus was born, so to speak, with his father's blood. So does God have blood? He gave to the son. Where did the Adam come from? He came from the father. So Jesus was born, that virgin birth, that means he protected his blood from mingling with the blood of Adam, which carried sin. So then when Jesus was born, he was born with the blood of the Father. Sinless blood. God, I know God doesn't have blood, but he created blood. So where did it come from? From God. Blood of the Father. Had no sin in it. What does that mean? Being born without sin, he was spiritually alive. Spirit. Carrying the blood of Adam was spiritual death. Carrying the blood, the sinless blood of the Father was spiritually life. Jesus was born alive. You and I were born dead. You see that? Do you see that? Now then. What happened to him? On the cross, he was made sin. Him he knew no sin was made sin, that you and I who knew sin may be made what? Righteous, so that you may become who? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But we are born sinners. Huh? Born sinners. Even if you looked so cute as a baby, you're still a sinner, little sinner. Until you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. What is redemption? Without the blood, there's no redemption. Let's go to First Peter. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Before we go to Peter, let me speak about type of redemption. In Exodus chapter 14, chapter 12. And remember, this is written from the book of Genesis to Revelation. That means this evening we'll go through book of Genesis to Revelation, no matter the time. Huh? You are ready for this? We'll finish at 6 a.m. And Utica since he's in, is not in this meeting. <laughs> and thank God we are on a ground floor. 
Eutychus doesn't have to fall off. Now, 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 look at this. This is a type of redemption. All the miracles that happened then actually was judging the gods of Egypt. But then there came the last miracle, which he gives instructions of what was going to happen. And what does he say? Take a lamb. Oh, take a lamb. Roast. That's the beginning of Nyamachoma again. You know, Kenyan, we are really flowing. <laughs> now, now, roast. Don't even boil roast. And then what, what happened then? It's roasted. They eat. And then the blood of that animal is put at the lentils and the doors of their dwelling places. And look at this, what he says. Verse 6, Exodus 12, 6. Now you shall keep it, the lamb, until you shall keep a lamb. Your lamb, let's start from verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Can you say that? Without blemish? Because Jesus had no blame. In fact, what did Pilate say? I find no fault in this man. Everything they said about him was not true. In fact, when they started talking and talking and talking, if you watch Mel Gibson's uh, movie, it's wonderful. Most likely, uh, I told my uh, little Tina, I think I'll be watching with you on Friday, The Passion of the Christ. I like watching it during this time. And, and they, they say was, they say all of them, and they realize they didn't have anything to accuse him of. And Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. So that is a lamb. Come on, let, let me say something. God is strategic. God lives in eternity. God has set his plans in motion. If we only align ourselves to these plans, we'll always be victorious. It doesn't matter whatever the situation may be facing. So he says, now you shall keep it until the 14th day. No, your lamb, with, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the gods. Now you shall keep it until the 14th. If probably I was there, I could have taken mine from the gods. Uh -huh, not the sheep. <laughs> I have taken mine from the gods. Now, you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. That's in the evening. And they shall, be, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the door, two doorposts, and on the lentil on top. What, what is like that to you? Do you see the cross there? It's in the cross there, the lentils, and on the, the, on the doorpost and the lentil of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the, the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water. No boy raw. <laughs> Nyama choma. <laughs> with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, thus readiness. Your sandals on your feet and your stuff in your hands, so you shall eat it in, a, in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, 
and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Look at verse 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. That's the old covenant. That's the blood of animals. Stopped death. Let me show you two things here that are very critical. First, the obedience to the command that had been given. To be covered completely by the blood and protected by the blood, it takes you and I obeying the words of the covenant. If you want covering constantly the, the, the covenant word, Covenant words, which is the word of God. I wish I had my physical Bible. The covenant words, which is the word of God, that we have to obey constantly. That's our endeavor. That's where the blood flows all the time. And the plague cannot touch you. So we have a responsibility. Obey covenant words. That's the word of God. Being a doer of the word of God. That seals us completely. From terror of the enemy. From the attack of the enemy. From death. And that's why I, I like taking Holy Communion. Because first I go is for the remission of my sins. I, I ask God to forgive me. For places I've missed the mark. And then also is for my... The, hey, listen to this. Also is for my protection. And that's not all. Listen to this. Also, it is for his life because the, the, the life of the flesh, we read that in Leviticus 17, 11, the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. So listen to this. When I'm partaking of the blood, Jesus didn't say, take this juice. It resembles my blood. Not so. He said, take this body. No, he said, this is my body broken for you. <laughs> this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. I believe when I'm partaking of that holy communion, I'm taking that body, I'm taking that blood, hey, in the realm of the spirit because of the activation of faith. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the body of Jesus. It's not juice. It's not a biscuit. It's a body. Therefore, faith is activated for its effectiveness in me or in you. I so say you should do that. As often as you take it, you do this in remembrance of me. Let's go to Ephesians 2. From the amplified cash class. I'm, I'm getting excited here. Whoo, glory. You're ready to shout? Yes. Yeah. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> Let's go to the amplified classic version from verse one. Oh, I'm ready. And you, 
He made alive. When you are dead, slain by your trespasses and sins, in which at one time you walked habitually, you are following the cause and fashion of this world, under the sway of the tendons of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air, you are bidden to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Something that surprised me. On that 17th, June 1996, on a Monday, that woman started casting out devils out of me. What surprised me was this. I had thought all the time I was in control of my life. I really thought that. I thought even suicidal thoughts were my, my bright thoughts. Until I realized I was in control of my life. Someone was controlling my life. He told me smoke. I smoked. Drink alcohol. Tell a lie. Okay. I was obedient to a demonic spirit. By the way, you had also spirits. You may not know it, but you had demon spirits. Even if you are religious, you are baptized with one little girl. You still carry spirits. And even if you die, you are going to hell without Christ. Now look at this, verse, verse 3. Among those, these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passion of our flesh. Anyone who knows that? Our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature. Obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings, we were by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. All what we needed to do was to be born. And we had the nature of the devil. But I've got good news for you. Let's read on. Some people stop right there and they start praying. Oh God, we are all sinners. We're all of us, Father, we've sinned. You, you see, people read and stop too fast. But if you, want, you go to verse 4, you start getting excited. You have another, another position of prayer or attitude. Look at this. But God, come on now. So rich is he in his mercy. Because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. I like this one. You better be ready to shout. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him, for it's by grace, his favor and mercy, which he did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. He gave us the very life of Christ himself under the blood covenant. Can you imagine you have the very life of Christ himself? In that mortal body, there dwells the life of Christ himself. Glory to God. 
So if you feel like the devil says you've been defeated, you say, let me shake myself. This life that is in me that is greater than any life. And that's the life of Christ. And let me remind you, devil, there is the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of Christ is his, is his blood. And he shed all of it. He did leave nothing in him. All the blood was shed. Because that was his generosity. If we could have been left with some blood, your eyelashes could not have been born again. <laughs> Just kidding. But, but everything, he gave out everything was poured out for redemption. That's our protection, church. That's our deliverance. We have received the very life of Christ himself. Now look at this. We had the life of Adam. We were by nature children of wrath. We were by nature dead. But now, when we accepted Christ, let's, let's go over here. And of course, he raised us up and on and on and on. Let's go to First Peter from the New King James Version. Where I told you you are going. Oh, before then, let's go to John 3.27. Pastor, are we going to finish? Mm -hmm. You'll never finish this. You'll learn it in all eternity. We'll pause Oh, look at this in, in John 3. It's over here. Where did I? No, John 1. Let's go to John 1, please. Verse 29. Everything was so, uh, is this the right word, meticulate? Is that the right word? Yeah, meticulous. Everything was meticulous, just done to its proportion. Verse 29, John 1, 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming, John the Baptist, toward him and said, Behold! The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What is he referring to? He's referring still going back to the Passover. Huh? He is calling him the Messiah. This was by the Spirit of God. This was not what, what, what John thought. This was by the Spirit of God. He's going back to that Passover. And when was he crucified? Listen, in Exodus 12, that was during the Passover season. He says, this shall be the Passover. When was he crucified? He was crucified the Passover. So John is saying, this is. Listen this. You shall take, Exodus said, you shall take a lamb for your family. But what does John say? John said, behold, T-H-E, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Sin is nature. Not sins. Sin. The nature. Which, is, which repels uh, against God. Or, or is away from God. He takes that away. 
the Lamb of God. What is it? Remember this. This is a man who's walking, and you say, that's the Lamb of God. What? What? That's the Lamb of God. Now, don't you know that the Jews were understanding, but they really, they didn't, they didn't have revelation. But when you tell a Jew, what, what, what does that mean? It's not like you and I, English-speaking people, and you're not born Jews. The Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said after me comes a man who's preferred before me, for he was before me. Oh, now that is in another realm. John and Jesus, according to the flesh, was older than the other. Huh? John was the older, older than Jesus. By how many months? Oh, come on, you know Christmas story then. But six months. He was older than, than Jesus. But, 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 than Jesus. But listen to this. John is saying this. A man who's preferred before me, who he was before me, I did who, be, be, uh, sorry, be, be preferred before me, for he was before me. Remember what he told the Jews in John chapter, chapter, chapter 8? Before Abraham was... I am. What did they say? You are not even 50 years old. And you've seen Abraham. Hey, you need to be seeing things in the spirit. And I'm saying, you need to not to be listening to what they are saying about the nation. You need to listen to the Lord, what he says concerning the nation. Can I t tell you now, to take, bring it home? You need to be listening to the Lord concerning your life. Not what your doctor said. Okay? Now look at this. I did not know him. Ah. That he should be, listen this. A man who is preferred before me, for he was before me, I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel, therefore I came baptizing with water. What does he say? I did not know him. In other words, I did not know him according to the flesh. He has been revealed to me by the Father. So he bore witnesses and he said, you know, no, 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 no. Now then. So he baptizes him and is crucified during Passover. What does he say? He is the Lamb of God. What does he say? His blood is our redemption. Oh, let's go then uh, to <clears throat> First Peter that you've been waiting for. Oh, I love the whole of it. But because of time. Let's start from verse 17. And if you call on the Father, who is without partiality, Judges according to each one's work. Conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in what? In fear. In reverential fear. In awe of God. Knowing that. Ooh, you're about to shout now. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. Therefore, silver and gold should never define you and I. 
Come on now. Silver and gold should not define you and I. The price tag is not how much money you have in the, in the account. I remember years ago, that was, should have been 2000 or 2001. I, I, I mean, I thought this brother was so spiritual. Until he had something, I said, I remember his name, I won't tell you his name. But I, I visited him and he said, oh, man. I said, what? He says, between me and poverty is 10 bob. I said, what? Now, for me, I didn't have even that 10 bob. But he says, between me and poverty is 10 bob. I said, what? So when that 10 bob goes, you are poor. So your prosperity is 10 bob. And he looked at me and said, man, I've never thought of it that way. You see, there are things that people say that are not right. Don't say those words. I'm broke. You know, between me and poverty is 100,000. You are wrong. Even if before between you and poverty is 20 billion. You are wrong. Listen, poverty is far from me as east is from the west. <laughs> because of the blood. In fact, east and west even is closer because of the blood. So we are not bought, and, and that's why I, I, I like, I can, I can go shopping to check at things that are more expensive than what I've thought in being in my pocket. And I just fold my hands there. And you know, that's, that's the time of the salespeople they really want to show you something, think, think like, praise God, you should have known I only have faith in my heart. <laughs> so when, can you, when are you coming for it? I said, I'll come back. I've said just said some things, I said, I'll come back. You know what I think, uh, if, if it's becoming real in my heart, the more I see it, the more that reality is dawning in me. Uh, from the time we, we started, before then I didn't care for, you know, double cup, pick up. I just didn't care for them. I'll see them. I think one time we had gone to, we are taking a, a vehicle to CMC. Uh, we have a small Ford, uh, Ford Escape. So we took it to CMC. Then I saw Ford, they call it Raptor. Man, that thing is... Even the tires look like they're burning. Um. <laughs> Even the tires look like they're about to hum, 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 hum. You know, they're, they're just, wow, man. I looked at it and uh, they, I asked, how much is the price for this? He says 9.9 million. I said, that's good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I entered in leather seats and oh, no, 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 no. That's good. Okay. Then, I even forgot about it. Once in a while, I see Raptor. I say, well, that Raptor, wow, good. That's good. God. Then we started, we're going to Massa. We started looking for a vehicle to hire. Double cab, bigger. In fact, it was so, so interesting. I, I told uh, Dick Norman, you check out and get uh, a good Prado. We're going to hire Prado. Okay. Then, 
On Sunday morning, he had already sealed, you know, getting ready to be given. On Sunday morning, that was in December. On Sunday morning, I'm praying. Early in the morning, I'm praying, focusing on the service. And I'm telling you, it was like an alarm inside of me. Why are you going in the proud in that, in that place? Wow. Okay, Lord. And he started showing me some things about it that I had not thought of before. I think by 5.30, I told you, cancel that Prado. We are going in a double come. Now, no problem. I'm in Prado. I have no problem. You understand that? If you think I have a problem, bring it to me. <laughs> bring me a V8. I'll drive. I have no problem. But there's something that, now, this is not a blanket statement. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's something that he revealed to me that, that morning, that when you see Prado around, you've gone to those places. First, what comes to mind? You see him, he said, already said, politician, anyone else? Uh, that, that, that's, that's mostly comes to mind. People, is that so? Uh, and, and, then, and, then, uh, and then I started hearing him say, the way you present yourself to people is very important. And he had taught, he had spoken to me in 2019 or 2020. We were from a certain meeting and we found in that meeting only Tin and I and the hosting couple were this skin pigment, pigmentation. All others were the other skin pigment. <laughs> They're whites. And we were all Tin and I and one man from South Sudan had been invited by a white couple, German couple, to attend that meeting. But all of them were white, except the, 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 those who are hosting us. And then the Lord spoke to me that evening, or that evening or that morning, when I woke up, he, say, he said this, I want you to be, to, to mingle freely with the mighty. But identify yourself with the lowly. Now, he told me that. Mingle freely with the mighty, but identify yourself with the lowly. Now, that morning, I canceled that problem. We tried double cup pickup, and we didn't get. We, didn't, we ended up going in my little Ford escape. Went to Mass a bit in that. It made it, praise God. But then we started getting the, the second one. We got a double a cup. Oh my goodness. Toyota Healer. I mean, that, that thing. <laughs> oh man. And then my eyes started opening up. Nowadays I see them. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know what that means? Most likely it cometh quickly. That's the way I get, I receive things. When I start seeing them more, I say, yeah. In fact, he had a certain double cap, um, Morris, and I, and I saw him, I said, man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> expectation increases. The more you ex you're exposed to those things, expectation increases. And so sometimes you, you pray, though, you have to listen to the Lord and walk in some neighborhood. You understand? You just walk around. Yeah, just walk. Just walk and just smile. <laughs> Don't claim anything. <laughs> Don't claim anything. Just walk around. Yes. 
Just walk around and just walk. Just walk and observe. Oh, I remember. Where did I go to now? I remember years ago. I was on Tomboya Street. I think around 7.30 or so in the evening. And I had no bus fare. Where was I living then? I think I was living in Dandora. No, no, it was about 5.30 in the evening. I had no bus fare. I stood there. I started looking at people. I was in Barbados. I lived in Barbados. I started looking at people driving. I noticed they had two ears like me. They had hair like me. And I realized they had a mouth and a nose. And I had hoped they had something between their ears called brain. And I'm, I'm telling you the truth. It dawned on me those old, old people are human beings. And I'm bought by the precious blood of Jesus. And I tell the devil, you've never seen me sleeping in town because of bus fare. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going home. And very, very soon I'll be driving around here. Amen. Walk around. Your blood bought. Amen. Amen. Walk around. Walk. <laughs> now, you know, you, you, if you walk down to the other side of the town, you're going with your gifts helping people. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Those are, you identifying yourself with the lowly. But there's this other side of the town. You need to walk around and just smile. And smile towards heaven. Now, look, let, let's go quickly here. We want now. Knowing that, verse 18, that you're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but... But, what does that mean? But you are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Uh, do you remember that statement, that, that same words we read? Without blemish and without spot? Where? In Exodus 12. So he's saying, now this is the lamb. Of God. This is the one that John spoke about. Apostle Peter said, but with the precious, you are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. He was before me, John said. He was ordained before the foundation of the world but was manifest in these last times for who? For who? For you who through him believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. And you missed a place to shout. Ah, oh, that was a weak one. I'm like, what blood redeemed you? If you are shouting that. Redeemed by the blood. Complete. Amen. That's the blood. That's the power that is in the blood of Jesus. Redeemed you and I. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15 quickly. These are usually like the Bible school teachings you just enjoy. 
I mean, you open. You know, Bible school students, they've come, they're hungry. They have even paid to come. So you teach them. It doesn't matter how long. <laughs> now look at this then. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, resurrection. Let's read verse 35. Let's read some scriptures then we, we wind up. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Oh, that's easy. Jesus, remember when he said that, when, when he, rose, he rose up from the dead? I, I, I want to speak to us who are from the lake. Even in the resurrection, body will eat fish. You notice that we ate fish. He did. Remember, he came to the lake and ate fish. You see, Michael, we're going to eat fish. Us from the lake, we eat fish, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Even after, after the resurrection, he ate fish. Remember, he came there. And, and remember when he told... I may not cover this on, we'll come back there. I may not cover this on Sunday, but let's go quickly. I spoke about the Bible, but let's go to, to, to John 21. And, and my, my King James Version says, breakfast by the sea. Wow. Uh, Simon Peter verse 3 says, I'm going fishing. They say to him, we are going with you also. They went out immediately, got into the boat, and that night they caught what? Nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? Then he, they, they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it because of the multitude of fish. Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now when, Jesus Simon, Simon, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came into the little boat for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. This is how the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Have you seen that? So then he had, there's one I'm looking for here. Something I want, a statement I wanted you to see. I should be, look, look, let's go to Luke 24, I think. Should get it there. Did I miss out something? No. Just a moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. Praise the Lord. Let's go to John 20. Go back to John 20 there. Oh, yeah. Sir. Look at verse 26. And after eight days, his disciples were again 
inside. And Thomas was with them. Remember Thomas has said, until I do what? I see him. Jesus came to the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas said, oh my, my Lord. Thomas said, because you have seen. Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That, that is powerful right there. Oh, come on. Just. We're winding up for sure now. Yeah, Luke 24, 39. That's what I was looking for. Let's start from verse 6. Now as they say these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they say they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. But then, if it's a spirit they had seen, they had seen Jesus, what he did with spirits. Cast them out. Huh? Why do people fear spirits? You cast them out. But, but then he said this and this. And he said... Uh, he said, and he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that is I myself, handle me and see, a spirit does not have flesh and, blood, flesh and bones as you see I have. So Jesus had what? After his resurrection? Flesh and bones. He didn't have blood. He poured it all out. So listen this. There is a man in the Trinity. There's a man in the Trinity. He has flesh and bones. That's exactly how we shall look in the day of resurrection. Flesh and bones. Bones. Now, let's finish then now with that uh, 1 Corinthians 15. That's the point I want you to see. Some people think like, how will we be? Will we just be floating? Did you see that he ate? They ate breakfast. Huh? So what you like eating, you will find it. They eat her. As it, Pastor Carl, I was telling her. Uh, you know what, Pastor Carl? The, the situation was not even worse. But after some time, it became wasa. He said, no, Davis, there's no word like that. He said, I know it, but I'm, I'm putting mine there, wasa. He <laughs> said, there's no word like wasa. <laughs> but look at this then. He says, but someone will say, how are they raised up? But with what body do they come? Foolish one. What you saw is not made alive unless it dies. Remember, we read that in John 12, 24, last, last, last Sunday. And what you saw, you do not saw that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. That's encouraging right there, as long as it's in your pocket. It's a seed. It remains a seed. But when you give it out by faith, God is the one who's going to determine now how it's going to come out. You've put it in his hands. 
Now look at this. So all flesh is not the same flesh, but there's one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another fish, and another bus. These are, they are all celestial bodies and all that. Look at verse 42. So also in the resurrection of the dead, the body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. Have you ever seen, oh my goodness, you, you should see your grandmother, if she was so old and looked frail and she was born again, oh, if you see her now, you'll be surprised. That woman, if, if they allow you to take a photo when she was 18, and then when she was dying at 90s, they say she's looking better than even when she was 18 years old. Ladies, we have great hope. Huh? Come, come on, ladies. <laughs> I see the photos of my mom in, in the 60s. And then, you know, I started seeing her when she was in her, that is the 60s, maybe she was in her late 20s or not early, early, early 30s. But later on, you see her different. Of course, she was ailing at the end. If I took her photo, couldn't have wanted to take a photo of the way she looked ailing at the end. But my niece actually saw her in heaven. And my mom passed on when my niece was nine years. She said she couldn't recognize her of how she looked. Beautiful. And then until someone she came close it's like it appeared the face that she had known on earth. You know, in, in, in her thoughts, that's the way she appeared. Then now she saw her now, the real, the way she is now. And she spoke some things concerning our family. It's a heavenly tour. What about Moses? You remember the story of Moses? Moses and Elijah. Then they glowed in the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Come on, people. You need to live so much in hope. And, and, and not in any, any kind of fear. So listen to this. He's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. He's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. He's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it, written, it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last became a life-giving spirit. The last Adam. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and after the spiritual. The first man was the earth made of dust, was of the earth made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. That's what we shall look like. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. We came from dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. We are born again, and one day we'll be raised from the dead completely and Stay with the heavenly man forever and ever. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. We shall look just like him. Flesh and bones. Glorious man. Knows no limitation. No, no frailty. Knows no, no weakness. Knows no infirmity. We are born of him. There's a man in the Trinity. His name is Jesus, and we are just like him. That's why we can go to the throne of grace in his name, and God says, yes, I know you. That's the blood covenant. 
the blood covenant has made, look at verse 50, final this. Now I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does, nor does corruption inherit in corruption. So that day is coming. Forever, Revelation 12, 11 says this, we overcome the devil by what? The blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We love not our lives even unto death. Church, we have the victory. Appropriate the blood of Jesus during this time. The blood has made us worth. Worth. The blood has made it possible for us to say, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. The blood has made it possible for us to come against the devil. Whatever he, is, he does against this nation, we can plead the blood of Jesus. So I want you to be doing that. And we'll continue next time. Stand up on your feet, please. Did you receive anything out of this? Yes. Something to rejoice about? Yes. The blood. It's the blood that gives me strength. Day after day. So, Father, just thank the Lord for this evening as we come to the end of it. Just thank him for the, his word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's power in the blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we do thank you for the blood. It's because of the blood that we can even come. You've washed us with your precious blood. You've redeemed us with your precious blood. You've brought us near or nigh by the blood. Therefore, we honor the blood during this Passover season. We honor our redemption. We honor all that you did for us, Father, to bring us into your kingdom. Thank you for the blood upon this nation. We plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this nation. Oh, Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. In this season, we stop the works of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. Over families that are being called into this church, I say, Pastor, I speak the blood over every family. I speak the blood over every child. I speak the blood over the work of their hands. I plead the blood. The things that have been dead become alive because there is life in the blood of Jesus. So Father, thank you as we come to this weekend, even every preparation towards our Sunday service. We plead the blood. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the revelation 
of the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the opening of our eyes to see, Father, to hear, Father. The opening of our ears to hear, Father. The opening of our, of our hearts to perceive, Father. Concerning the precious blood of Jesus, the blood of our redemption. Now, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over your people. I plead the blood of Jesus over you. Father, even in the missing of the mark, thank you for the blood that washes us from all sins, all discouragement, all, all, all that does not belong to our redemption. I plead the blood of Jesus of your people. I plead the blood of Jesus even as you prepare to go home. I plead the blood of Jesus of every means of transport. I plead the blood of Jesus over the work of your hands. Everything that belongs to you, this blood brings life. It is the life of God. I speak the blood. I plead the blood of Jesus over your children. I plead the blood of Jesus over the work of your hands. I plead the blood of Jesus over your finances. I plead the blood of Jesus over everything that God has called you to do. I plead the blood of Jesus over your health, your physical body. And I thank you, Father. Every inherit hereditary disease I break its power by the blood of Jesus I break your power by the blood of Jesus we have an inheritance and that's the life of God free from hereditary diseases free from the curse of the enemy free from everything that is of the curse I thank you father for the blood just say, I plead the blood over my life. Say it, I plead the blood over my life. I plead the blood over the work of my hands. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood. I overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. And my testimony is victory. And my testimony is healing. And my testimony, my testimony is prosperity. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Hallelujah, hallelujah. One scripture as you prepare to give. Thank you, Lord. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says, For you are all sons of God. Verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, look at what, look what follows next, have put on Christ. Now, do you remember what uh, Adam and Eve put on? What were they? Fig leaves. They put on fig leaves. But as we put on Christ, because we have been bought with a price. He's become our righteousness. He's become our hell. So I said any hereditary disease, 
tonight is the end of it. I cast it. I break its power. I stand against it by the blood of Jesus. And I call you healed. I call you whole. In the name of Jesus, everything that is of Adam, the first Adam, we break its curse. And thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Amen and amen.